1: Tonight, it's time for another Rich and Bellelli chat, featuring the epic return of Dreamtime, with multiple dreams, including a visit from Samuel L. Jackson. Just as it becomes clear that no one has any idea what they're supposed to be doing, the crazies have gone crazier. Hobbit versus Giant, screaming at the sky, and that helpless feeling when friends make terrible choices. Here we go. And now... Asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Taoist Podcast begins now. Welcome back everybody to another fine episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast, episode 195. The numbers are getting serious now. Um... A beautiful day here in Ojai. And as always, my pal Daniele Bolelli across from me for a covidly distant safe conversation. Yes. In the airy outdoors.
0: Thank you so much for making the drive for a visit.
1: Oh, this drive is like so much nicer.
0: Yeah, it's quick and it's Pleasant and it's not la late traffic, so that makes it it's none of those things. A lot more pleasant.
1: I did have trouble with the berry truck guy; it was making me
0: crazy. Yeah, that's the problem of small country roads. When you get good, stuck man. behind, and I can whip
1: on those, and all of a sudden it was like, "Oh, he's going 27 Yeah, when you this get st- is a forty, man, come yeah. on, please, yeah. let's do thirty-five. Yeah. Come on, yeah, that's six and a half miles of that. I was like, I- yeah. Some... I, I'm better than I was 20 years ago at it for sure, but man, sometimes it's like, would you please fucking get out? Goddamn, uh, now, my disintegrator ray and take care of this motherfucker.
0: That's why when you look around and you see the beautiful heels around, and you're like, okay, I'll just meditate on this and uh, get through. It
1: is gorgeous here. You guys had the, because the, the, I can see the great, the um, scrape mm-hmm. from the coast. Yeah. And it was the pinkest orangest combo.
0: Yeah, that's one thing that for And it
1: lights up down here when you're yeah, down here, it's like yeah. the whole air is lit with orangey pink light.
0: Yeah, for people who are unfamiliar, one of the phenomenal things in this place is that around uh, when when the sun is about to go down, there's a good twenty to thirty minutes where it's just a kaleidoscope of colors. Yeah. Like every 45 seconds the light has completely changed and you go from this beautiful bluish gray pink uh, red orange everything on the mountains and it's a light show every single day
1: yeah it's like 90, 90 times out of the year you get it and what's crazy about it because we have a crazy combination that doesn't happen in a lot of places it's the mountains going in mm-hmm. directly into the oceans and yep. it doesn't you know but you guys have this 14,000 foot wall or whatever it is maybe it's it's only 9 or 10 thousand but it's huge and that color is not the direct sunset it's the sunset bouncing off the water and hitting that's phenomenal it's so beautiful if you ever get a chance you might not like it here (laughs) (laughs)
0: let's say thank you to some sweet folks who help us out we shall start with uh, sure design T-shirts was a uh, sponsor Savannah in her most recent one championship fight. So Excellent. that was phenomenal. Check them out at t shirts dot com and also they have a sister website at harem Pants for. The coolest, wild, uh, tie-dye, hippie clothing you're ever going to find.
1: If you're looking for those old MC Hammer pants, they exist.
0: Right. There's. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank bigtimegrasslandbeef.com for oh. sending us some of their fantastic products. As soon as we are um, done recording, I'm going to dig through my freezer if I do have the London broil that Rich is going to cook later. Yes, yes. So there's, thank you so much for grasslandbeef.com. Thank you to Zebra Athletics for providing the mats that are forming my home dojo in the garage. And of course, thank you to not one, but two sweet wineries who have been sending some good wines my way. Um, Cellars, they are fantastic. I love them. And more recently, joining the show, I got some wine from materrawines.com. Thank you so much to both of them. How
1: do you um, think they're
0: doing? I, I think, I don't know. I have no idea, to be honest. They're Napa ones, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: But my mom lives up, like San Luis Obispo. There's yeah. a whole bunch of those wineries, man. They usually would have 30 cars in front of them and driving up through those. Yeah. Little,
0: I don't know the, uh, how that goes. I worry is about going. everybody, but yeah.
1: those folks are always nice. I guess online helps them out a bit, but yeah, it's just.
0: It's a different thing the when visitation you Visitation the, and,
1: and yeah. they got the cheese ready and I don't oh, man, know about
0: Matera wines, I don't know. Um, our sellers is different because I think he was primarily on the selling online more than the video. I mean, I think there was some of the visit, but not as big. So I think it's less important. But, but I may be talking out of my ass. So oh, people are definitely drinking a little more. Yes, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> uh, let's say thanks to the sweet people who have supporting the show. Awesome. Let the pottering begin. Let's screw up their names. We got Lane Raper, Tom Sombera, Stefan Sebastian, Jesse Rantacangas, Yanni Nima, Luis Pesquera, Christopher Parcel, Aladdin Halichodzic, Austin Stilwell, Clayton Payne, Aaron Weisner, Herbert Schmoller, Jonathan Waterloo, Stephen McKee. Uh, and now that I think about it, maybe it's not Aladdin, maybe it's Aladdin, but. Yeah, that sounds more like it. It sounded nice. Though. Yeah, either one is cool.
1: Thanks so much, everybody. It's yep. so kind. A lot of familiar names, but some new ones too. Yep. Always exciting.
0: And those of you are opposed to parting with some of your hard-earned money purely on a donation basis, if you guys want to just, if you buy on Amazon, if you can please use the link dbamazing.com against dbamazing.com that would be sweet dbamazing showtime
1: Ah, another torturous winter day in the confines of Ohio.
0: Not today. Today looks beautiful, right? Last week it was. Last week it was raining like crazy, but um, you
1: got the crazy winds too.
0: Yeah, insane. Like, yeah, I don't know about you guys. Like, where uh, each place in the country has its own issues. This one, like, when it, the wind comes up, I think it was like fifty to sixty miles an hour wind. Yep, with the 70, house was with shaking. Seventy mile g-
1: gusts. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's not, you know, Tornado Country, so there's that. That's certainly people in Tornado Country are like right now listening, going like 50 to 60 miles an hour, bitch. That's nothing.
1: But, but for 23 hours.
0: Yeah, that's a little intense. It's uh, killed the power at one point for a whole day. Killed, yeah, it's pretty crazy.
1: And then up the coast, it got rain. They got yep. 11 inches of rain in 36 yeah, yeah. hours. No, it was
0: solid for you sure.
1: You see the, where the one collapsed
0: yep. again? Yeah, no. It's, How the hell are you gonna fix that? You know, that's one of the things I may rant about. This, like, one of the things that drive me crazy about modern U.S. is that nothing is built to last more than six and a half seconds. No. Like I was talking with somebody in Italy about, you know, cause they were debating like buying houses in US versus buying houses in Italy. Cause you know, you, you hear all the time, the idea that buying houses is a great investment and this and that, and sure, you know, generally that's a market that always goes up, but US has really high property taxes. Like Italy, if you have a house you pay, I don't know, a thousand euros a year, 2000 euros, like, very almost symbolic kind of money on a property house if it's your i mean not if you have ten thousand houses on the next one it's more, but your house if you buy it it's like once you pay it off it's your house you know you you just pay lights and bills and stuff like that there's none of the minimal property taxes, okay, that one you can argue, okay, but they pay more taxes in other ways, so sure that's fine, but the part that drives me crazy is if you put a roof. On an Italian house, it's pretty much gonna be there for the next hundred years. You know, it's just one of the things that no, you're not gonna need to change it. If you put in the plumbing, it's gonna be there for a really long as time.
1: You get in the way of planned obsolescence, right? Man. I mean, I can't come fix it six times if I make it good.
0: Yeah, in your have I'm puzzled by this thing that like shit is built to break within a really short time. And I'm like, why? You know, they're just charge me more and so we don't have to do it for the next 30 years why do we need to keep doing this shit where so okay that's just my own bitching about stuff. oh i love
1: to bitch about that i mean we have a refrigerator i'm gonna knock if i can find something there we go we bought it in 19 19- <clears throat> 95 it's still cranking to this day, knocking yep. again. right? And I hear people now saying they get new ones, they don't even last three or four years.
0: No, it's it's strange. It's definitely it's a $2,000
1: refrigerator now.
0: And what I don't like about it is also the wastefulness of it all. Yes. Like environmentally speaking, because it's like, you know, every time you do stuff, you are using up resources. How about you do stuff in a way that lasts so you don't have to use resources every three minutes? Can but. you imagine? That would be a nice concept. These
1: aren't these complicated things. And it seems at the end of the day, it's all about what can we sell people yeah, for, over and over of again. Course. I can't, you know.
0: No, no. There's always that gig is uh, profit over people kind of game that tends to that tends to be high on the list. But on a different note, I'll tell you. You know how we haven't done segments anymore of like, uh, I have a dream or oh, anything. I have everything
1: ready. Which one do you want to do first?
0: I have a dream.
1: I have oh, two dreams. excellent. So. That's cool. I got I had a crazy dream too. Yeah. They evaporate too quick, but even the minor minor details are nice. Wait, I have
0: three dreams. Okay, let's go. Let loose. loose.
1: Here we go. I have a dream today. (laughs) And now we cross the theme plane for a visit into Bellelli's dream time.
0: So let's start with the. Well, this one was poor Isabella. What did she? Because she always wants to hear about dreams, so she's like uh, more often she's disappointed because I don't remember. <laughs> but like what I do is like we're having breakfast, and she's like, "What did you dream about last night?" And I'm like, uh, "Let me. Oh yeah, yeah. I was in a medieval battle, and I found myself behind enemy lines with a few guys. Someone saw me, so we had to fight with access. Eventually, I was able to drive my axe through his face. And then I took his armor and pretended to be one of them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my friends also got some armor. So whenever no one else was around, we would stab the enemies in the back. Nice. And this is looking at me like, what the fuck did I do in a previous life to deserve this reincarnation here? Like, really? I just ask you what dream you had. She's actually, okay, here is the bad part. For the most part, she actually enjoys this, which is scarier than if she didn't.
1: Well, you know, blood is blood. But that's because she was born in this. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, uh, but, but my favorite lately, it actually woke me up because I woke up laughing because it was just too funny. I was like, Wah, ha, ha! this is too crazy. So I have a dream that Samuel L. Jackson is teaching history in a classroom next to mine. <laughs> <laughs> and so, when a student, is it loud? And when it, so yes, when a student raises his hand to ask, uh, if we if we lose points by turning our assignments in late, can we get some extra grade credit to make up the grades? And Samuel Jackson replies, there ain't no extra credit. Shit is due when shit is due, motherfucker. That's expected. And I was in my sleep, I started cracking up, and I woke myself up. I was like, what the hell? Shit is
1: doing shit is too, motherfucker.
0: Yeah, it was perfect. And um, a big brain on Brad. And last but not least, uh, this was freaky as hell. This was not a good dream. I look down at, uh, I was feeling something. I lift my pant legs. I look at my legs and I can see that like at the bottom of my legs, close to my ankles, all the flesh is rotting and falling off. And you can see the bones inside. <laughs> And I was like, okay, that was not a happy dream. So, yeah, that was that.
1: Now, uh, do you think these are, are, are memories that are attached to the empty sparts of our DNA that have something on them but we can't? Do you, do you think that's a, a med- capacity at all?
0: The medieval battle goes with just pretty much every one of my dreams. So that's just par for the course. That one is regular. Samuel L. Jackson was fun. He never had any dream like that. That was bizarre. Uh, this one, I think, is just life lately, has been yet again decided to deliver its more brutal side, and so I think that's what's up. Because uh, in the last um, in the last four months, so my father died, my grandma died, and like within a week of my grandma dying, a good friend of mine uh, drank himself to death, <sighs> and he's just. And younger than me, by the way. Uh it's probably like forty one, forty two, something like that. Supremely sweet guy, very nice, very sweet, and just clearly not the most resilient, but you know, that just It's terrifying how often that happens. Yeah. I had somebody last summer, same
1: thing. He was yeah. one of the best audio guys I ever worked with, great spirit, always fun to mm-hmm. be around, good cat. And uh he destroyed his liver. Yep. Yeah. And they went to check out, you know, just people. He's a German kid, so some local people went over to kind of just clean up and help the landlady. There were thousands yeah, of bottles, of course, like yeah. neatly
0: stacked, no less. Just as a yeah, in in my friend's case, vodka, which yep. is pretty yep. harsh stuff. Yeah, you know, it's like every day, lots and lots of vodka. Yeah, that will mess you up. I think it's debated what happened exactly. I think he got COVID, and you know, and he already broken-up body where organs were semi-destroyed by alcohol that just gave the final push. but uh, Or there's the theory that, no, it was just straight-up alcohol and nothing else. you could certainly do it. But the thing that drives me crazy, like these guys, um, I went to grad school with him. Uh, we've been friends for almost 20 years um, lately because um, with school and I'm trying to do so many things. And he was out of a job for a while. I asked him if uh, he could help me with some of like correcting exams and papers and things like that. So we're working together on a weekly basis for the past year and a half or something. Did you have any clue? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like he would work really well. He would be great on top of stuff. And then he would just fall off the wagon and for two weeks suddenly it's hard to get a hold of him. He's not doing his shit. And then he's like, okay, man, I get it whatever i took care of it let's try again you know and we did you know we did it a few times and it was okay and then like the last few months he was just constant and you know we would talk he was trying to get clean he was you know there wasn't a lack of willpower or Or let me rephrase, there wasn't a lack of will. I don't know how much power there was behind it, but definitely there was the desire to get clean. There was the attempt to, you know, he wanted to have a good life. He was not suicidal.
1: Mind strong, body weak.
0: Yeah, but the reality was that, yeah, he could want it all, you know, didn't matter how much he wanted it. He just couldn't do it. And it's one of the things where he's like, what the hell do you do? You know, I tried to help in a bunch of ways and, Nothing I did made a difference. I mean, he made him feel like somebody cared. Sure, that's sweet. But ultimately, it doesn't really make a practical difference. But isn't that...
1: That's just one of the hardest things that you finally... I still can't get it through my head all the way some days. If they don't want to fix themselves, there is absolutely nothing you can do.
0: Well, and that's the thing. You can make it more pleasant. There's that. You can
1: say, I'm here. Yeah. You could... certainly time to time that helps them but if they're hell bent and determined that this is what they're going to yeah. do. Yeah,
0: no, when somebody doesn't want to, you're right, but the tricky thing is that even when somebody want to but they seem hard. to like the um, that's why I say the difference between will and willpower, you know, it's like will wanting to is one thing yeah. having that, I don't know what it is if it's a mental muscle, if it's what it is, but actually that you you have the discipline, the intensity, the whatever the hell it is to turn a desire into actual, you know, into be able to carry it through. One of the things that kind of bugs me sometime about the self-help industry and uh, pull yourself up by your bootstrap kind of logic is that mm-hmm. they make it sound like it's all a matter of just, just, you need to want it and then you'll make it happen, and it's like.
1: You wouldn't be selling any books if they didn't want
0: it. I don't know, man. I'm not that convinced like it's you don't go to somebody who's ultra depressed and say, come on, we can do this. And they say, yeah, I don't want to be depressed. Okay, just don't be depressed. And it's like, yeah, that's not helping. That's just not the. So I wonder sometimes if it's just like the equivalent of asking a hobby to reach for the top shelf where you're saying just stretch out and get it. And it's like, motherfucker, I don't have the arm land to reach it you know it's not
1: get my glass ladder full of vodka right
0: it's not that I'm not trying it's that I don't have that muscle and and I don't know I really don't know what the answer is uh, because it's just frustrating as fuck for everybody it's terrible for the people who actually pay the price for this it's terrible for everyone else who cares about them yeah and but I don't have a blaming mechanism on this. I don't feel like, oh, you fucked up. You should have done. It's like I don't know what it means to be him,
1: and you don't know what they've been through, and you don't know yeah. that thing that happened when they were nine. You, sure, nobody has any idea yep. of what's and the thing that they're stuck on. Yep, I think though, in the hopeful sense, mm-hmm. I mean, they're doing ketamine research now. Sure, the psilocybin stuff sure looks promising. I mean hopefully that can help people restructure their mindset. Yeah. Because that's the only way you can do it. I don't know, man. It's the worst. And the worst is when they've really been doing good for a while. And then it falls all the way back to zero. Yeah. Zero minus. You yeah. Know.
0: yeah. 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 No, that's it's... rough on everybody else.
1: And they get upset because they disappointed everybody. Oh, sure. Man.
0: sure. 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 And, oh. th- and that's one thing that I was super careful about is like when he was like, Oh, I'm letting you down. I'm like, Uh, no don't worry about it that's just not it it's like yeah in an ideal world uh, you actually do the job that you're getting paid to do but when you I know you don't mean to flake it's not that you're having fun in flaking and when you can you always do it sometimes shit happens and so to me it's like no there's no blame it's just there's a strong wish that you could fucking turn around for you not for any other reason you know And, and he appreciated the care but then again I feel like yeah, okay. I made him feel a little more loved than he would have been otherwise. That's sweet. Still hasn't changed the outcome, you know? Still.
1: Yeah, but, you know, what if you made it 5% better for him? Yeah. I mean. It's the old, you know, if you give a dude yeah. 10 bucks and he goes and buys alcohol with it. Right. You know, his evening was better. Hopefully sure. he didn't, you know, black out and attack somebody, most of it. Right. It's tough.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think in this sense clearly the the situation that we are dealing with these days is not helping anybody because you know the lack of contact with people, the lack of physical contact with people, you can't. Yeah. People are it. missing hugs in a yes, terrible way. Yes. And and it's weird because I'm talking with people from other camps. Like I talked with somebody from Taiwan the other day and they were like there's nothing here. Everything is open. We don't have COVID cases when there's one case is immediately contained. Life goes back just as it always was, but not because they are ignoring it and end up like Sweden, where you have like 10 million. They took care of And, it care and of it. I don't know how, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm talking another dude in Cambodia I was telling me, look, I don't get it because it's not that they are doing such a phenomenal job. At it, it just seemed not to be here, not to spread, not to... But
1: we did such a terrible job. Yeah, I mean, yeah. th- compare the Italian lockdown to ours. Yeah. Even on the dark... And here, when it's triple worse than it's ever been, we're doing less than ever.
0: Yeah, I mean... US has that thing where it's neither this nor that. It's not doing the Sweden thing where it's like, okay, you're getting fucked up by COVID, but at least you're having your own life. Yeah. And you pay a horrendous price, but at least there's an upside. US managed to get the the worst of both worlds, right? It's like, we have strict laws that kind of fuck up the way life is, but not followed strictly enough to actually make a difference. So it's like if you could take the worst possible scenario that's exactly how it's around oh and then isn't?
1: multiply it with the shittiest healthcare system in yeah, the world right so people are afraid to go of course Oh, i can't go in the hospital no no the cdc will pay for it they never believe it of course
0: no it's um it's a tricky thing man. for sure
1: i don't i don't think it's letting off right now but i just don't feel like this is gonna get better anytime soon uh,
0: yeah it's especially because the problem is that if you jump on it quickly enough okay, you have better odds. Now, with the, one of the main issues with COVID that you hear that's kind of scary is that there are 10 gazillion variants on it. Mm-hmm. Some are covered by the existing vaccine. Well, existing in theory, because you know the distribution is still so painfully slow that it's, but some are covered and some are not. And the ones that are not is like, okay, then you have to find the booster shot for that. And then for the, and you know the longer it goes, the more variants there will be. People are little petri dish for this thing to evolve in, and you don't know what it turns into. It's madness.
1: We have we have neighbors that, in the midst of it, felt they needed to relocate out into the we we'll just say the Midwest, not to identify anybody. Both of them coveted out there, mm-hmm. came back, and got it again. Jesus. And then when the CDC came and say, we would like to draw your blood. No, we don't think so. so right. Come on. There's an answer, or at least a part of the question, inside your blood. Why not? Why the fuck not? Yeah, why was there a problem? Oh, no. I don't want. You end up uh, at the uh, Center for Disease Control in some box somewhere where there's... like, That's not what they're asking. Your
0: vial of blood? Or... No, they feel
1: like they'll be contained and oh. they'll get scooped up. They watch too many episodes of The Walking Jesus. Dead or some shit. Seriously.
0: That's where. <laughs> On the conspiracy note, this one is so funny. Some dude said to me, because, you know, uh, in the world since our previous episodes, because, you know, in the last one we skipped discussing, saying it was a pleasant interview. The one before was long before. Yep. But like in the world since then, you yeah, had the conspiracy galore, insurrection thing has been raging. And one of my favorites is that, you know, some of, I know guys who are sweet, nice people, who are full heavy. Into some really weird rabbit hole interpretation of our what the way reality is, and uh, and of course there's a point where it's like okay none of the stuff you said was gonna happen happened so now what and there's this constant shifting of the goal poles right it's like and then before you know it you become it's like fundamentalist waiting like Jesus will come back Sitting within up on our the lifetime roof, waiting for
1: him to come yeah oh, William, like, this, oh wait. No, oh, we meant this other issue, time. I put and a then, comma in the wrong place. It's October. Yeah. Oh.
0: And um. then before you know it is, eventually, right? and yeah. it's. But like one of the <laughs> things that really shows you where we're at is that uh, this guy sent me a thing saying, oh, did you see this uh, affidavit that proves that uh, the election was stolen thanks to this uh, internet thing that they did in Italy and da-da-da-da. And I'm like, please, uh, show me the affidavit. I look at the thing and it's, A piece of paper, typewritten, with no stamps whatsoever. So there's nothing official about it. No
1: fancy seal at the top to...
0: There's no witness signature. Um, (laughs) It's uh, written in English, which if it's an Italian affidavit, yeah, you don't write it in English. You write it in Italian. And the guy who wrote it managed to omit essential part of his own home address. So there's like, okay, on top of it all... um, I'm like, this is the equivalent of Isabella grabbing pastels and writing on a piece of paper, "election stolen." Signed, is homework. Uh, and somebody, and adults, look at that and say, "Did you see the evidence?" And I'm like, "Where did we go? Where did the school system go wrong to make you think that this is evidence of anything?" And it's you not know. just ten of them, man. There are no. millions. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know. It's funny. I mean, even from the very beginning, we're like, we can no longer plan more than five days in advance.
0: You can't. Right.
1: There's no telling.
0: Yeah, it's... Uh, it's The crazies have gone crazier. Yeah, and I mean, in some way, you can make an argument like, like perceptional reality is always a tricky game. I mean, if you think about, like, forget conspiracy or anything else. Like, if you think about... Um, you know, you can... Have a certain perception of reality. Feel emotions that are really strong and feel like they are based on what's out there. This is not me going off, this is some real thing. And then you take two paths of weed, and suddenly your reality has shifted 20%. And these emotions that you felt so strongly about suddenly don't feel as strong anymore. And all this
1: fuck it, man, it's okay. And
0: all you did is take two paths of some plant. And suddenly your reality has shifted. We're not even talking you're dropping major LSD or something, like something that minor. So there is something tricky about the notion of an objective reality when you know our filters can be altered so much so dramatically. But then, of course, there is that notion of an objective reality where like we're really and, and this is magnified by internet and by easy quick communication and all that. The fact that information is not vetted, so anything you read online is who knows. There's.
1: Algorithms just pointing you into terrible places. Absolutely. Oh, gonna, the, if you like that, you're going to love this.
0: Yeah, and, and I think the issue there just is how do you put the genie back into the bottle at that point? Because it's like, this is clearly not good. This is just flat out bad for human beings across the board when, when literally you could Google right now, make up the weirdest crazy ass conspiracy theory you can think of and probably somebody out there already believes it
1: not only believes it has a website for you to visit to further your interests
0: exactly and so it's like this is not good this is not a thing that's uh..."
1: it cannot be sustainable
0: yeah and to me I think it's funny because we actually did talk I remember us on a Mm -hmm. very early Drunken Taoist episode talk about conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. and you know one of the things we're saying is like I think part of the popularity for this stuff is because it's a lot more reassuring to think that there's this group of evil villain that's screwing up the universe, but is controlling the game rather than thinking that we are governed by a bunch of damascus who don't know what they are doing and Hmm. that really nobody's in ruling charge you know th-
1: what is this conspiracy theory you speak of
0: now? right now and, and don't get me wrong it doesn't mean that somebody's not pulling off you know trying to squeeze as much profit as they can for themselves while screwing over other people cutting corners that of course is a guarantee that happens all the time but not that there's this genius master plan that explains everything that no is out there no, it's just could wouldn't it be,
1: wouldn't it be nice if there was a plan right at least you go damn they really did infect us all that way. or they really, that right. would be awesome. Yeah. It's not it's just like, oh, what the fuck? You're just spinning around like a bunch of drunk...
0: Yeah, it's a bunch of low-level crooks trying to screw some people over to make some money, and they are lucky if they can pull that off, and that's the end of the beginning and the end of the conspiracy. You know what I mean? It's like there are real things, but they are ways... <sighs> Less efficient, less overarching as people They're make definitely it
1: sound. How about those kids, they, uh, a bunch of 20-year-olds that uh, say, oh, we have a health company. We're going to give the uh, give the antidote to everybody. And uh, they had no idea what they are doing. They had no capacity for it. But the next thing you know, they have a, a multi-million dollar deal. Right. I think it was Philadelphia. It was somewhere. Yeah. And they were swiping shit for their friends and people that yeah. showed up. With, and it was just madness. But somebody approved that.
0: Yeah, and so I think that's the reality that the world is chaotic and messy and there's there are very few people who have any fucking idea what they are doing or how to run anything. But again, it's more reassuring to think otherwise and also I think it's a symptom of um is a symptom of disempowerment. To focus so much, not just on the conspiracy, but even something where I think it is healthy for people to have at least a vague idea of what's going on. Like, I think it is healthy, for example, to have a notion of what's happening politically or something like that. At the same time, putting a ton of your time and energy into something where really what you are gonna make zero difference in that. What you believe, what you know, what you is gonna like, at best, is minimal. To me, is like getting so angry about shit that you have no control over and no ability to change whatsoever is a symptom that the rest of your life is going to shit so bad that you feel so disempowerment on the things that count in your surroundings, where you feel like at least I might as scream at the sky over this issue and this is going to make me, you know... There's a sense that by voicing your outrage you are somehow doing something or you are feeling better. When the reality of the game is that you are screaming at the sky in a way that really makes no positive impact in the great scheme of things and you are definitely, you are still... With the shitty job, you are still in a situation where you know there are problems at home that you can't fix. There are still ten thousand things that you wish you could change that you can't change.
1: And I got a sore throat from
0: screaming at the sky. Right on top of it all, a
1: good scream once in a while is nice. But sure,
0: yeah. sure, but but I think that's the problem. I think like there's a level where people feel tremendously alienated and tremendously disempowered. And
1: I, th- I think my favorite example of that is these insurrectionists mm-hmm. that wanted to stop the vote count
0: mm-hmm. that
1: didn't vote. <laughs> That's even better, right? Isn't that amazing? I mean,
0: the Georgia thing was you know, like the That was a miracle. The, the two Democrats we did in Georgia after basically, you know, a bunch of Republicans have been pushing the thing. is like, don't even, you know, the elections is crooked anyway. And so a bunch of those guys don't go vote. Yep. And then it's decided over a really narrow margin. It's like, excellent way to shoot yourself in the foot there were that some was.
1: fascinating things that went down i mean it is incredible i don't know georgia was incredible wasn't expecting it but they there's so much nebulosity i mean there's a, they think they're this group but they're pointing in so many directions that all you're gonna do is scatter it out and not hit anything fully
0: yeah and i really think that if you grabbed. the Grab 30 people who are nice, sweet, smart people, which okay, you may have to search far and wide to get 30 of those, but still. <laughs> grab 30 of those. And some may be more conservative, some may be more liberal, some may be whatever the fuck. Doesn't even matter. I as long as they are not dogmatic, doesn't even matter what their instincts are, you know, they're put them in a room and say, look, guys, can you help us figure out good outcomes to these problems. I can guarantee you that any of these 30 people who do a much healthier job than what's happening politically, when people are entrenched over factional politics, where it's like, oh, those guys are pushing it, so we have to push the opposite direction.
1: Can't possibly help people because that's going to be bad for our side.
0: There's no effort whatsoever to compromise, to try to look at something from multiple direction, where it's like, yeah, okay, I do agree with that, but let's also consider this other side. Oh, yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. Okay, let's figure, how can we get both? You know, when you look He's at talking,
1: it... Now you're talking real conspiracies. You're saying people chatting things out and figuring out ways that might benefit everybody, not completely to their liking, but a good enough amount where... You're getting the things that are the most important taken care of, right? And, and things go well for
0: everyone. And if you're wondering what? why that doesn't happen, among other reasons, there's one: there's a political system in which the existing political powers don't want that because they have a obvious vested interest in keeping their power base as it is, which is organized along the factional lines. That's what they live for. Two: anyone who's smart and sensitive and sweet doesn't want to get into a thing where they are going to ruin your life if you get into politics. You're going to have everybody digging up every if last every thing Every internet that ever, you ever did in your whole life. Absolutely. There's going to be a consistent effort to tear you apart. So it's kind of like why do I want to put myself there? You know, there's just no... There's very little to gain. And so the result is that the people who are playing that game tend to be absolutely awful and uh and that's where we got stuck you know that's where
1: we're totally stuck i don't know a good chunk of people don't want to believe in science yeah yeah. a good chunk you got to believe my book and and then the fractional parts of that well you don't believe my book the way i'm supposed and this and what you had the, and off <sighs> it goes and that's just one faction of many factions
0: i, I don't know i guess speaking off the um you know, you would have to search far and wide to find, to, just to start finding 30 sweet, good and smart people. I had a discussion with this the other day. Actually, yesterday she was telling me, she was a little bummed out because she was like, man, can I meet some kids who, I mean, I do meet some kids who are nice, they are sweet, but like once in a while, can I meet some kids with to whom I can have an actual conversation that goes beyond PlayStation and, you know, how much I'm no like, Jesus it man. Maybe in I college. Don't. And and you know, I had a three-part answer to that. You know, the short one was what you said. It's like, sure, there are they are out there. Oh. Very, you know, it's not gonna be easy. It's few and far between. It's gonna be easier as you age, not at this age, good luck. But they exist, but you know, the odds that you're gonna run into them are not supremely high, you know. So keep that antenna out, but let's be real about it, you know. Point number two, however, is that you will run into people that maybe you are not going to have the most intellectual conversation in the universe, but they are sweet, good kids, and you can have fun with them, and they have a good sense of humor and whatever the hell. and, And take that, you know, that's fantastic, so keep your eyes open for that as well. And I understand even that's not that common, but it's a little more common, so that route is a good one. And then part three of my answer was, and the other aspect is just you really need to focus on shit that makes you happy, things that you can do for yourself so that whether you run into the sweet and nice people or not, you still have those things that feed you. You still learn how to play guitar and love playing guitar and you do that as a path or you do this other thing or you whatever the hell, you know, there are 10,000 things out there that can be your path in a way that... And I don't mean pathings in career, I mean as in things that feed you, things that uh, reach out there gardening with straw bales. That's fucking great, right? It feels good. Whether your neighbor is an asshole or not, or whether your people around you are great and sweet or not, you can still go out there and make it happen and feel good for a while. Yeah, That's big. So I think it's like this three-part thing is like what you want, eh, sometime maybe, but more later hopefully kind of (laughs) and it'll never be perfect yeah deal with the fact that people are not going to be like these but you can still find sweet people that you can have fun with and then the personal one just focus on your own path to some degree so that you don't have this constant needy thing of like where are they where are they it's like hey if you meet them great if you don't you're having fun anyway freaks and geeks is running on
1: one of the internet things and it was uh a just, I think they only made like 16 of them. But
0: yep. I've seen that one.
1: Just really well done. Yep. And something from the 80s. Uh-huh. No phones. Yeah. You know, the Encyclopedia Britannica was your friend. It's just amazing to see how much things have changed. The troubles are the same. The vexingness of yeah. clicks and mean people. And sure. That's a universal one for sure. But what we've added to it with all these electronics next to us day and night.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's... And it's, again, classic double-edged sword, right? Because on one hand, it fucks you up. There are problems with peer pressure from Facebook to, you know, thinking that you need to have this highlight life that people put on Facebook, all of that, that. That is a real, real problem. At the same time, you know, you can be in the shittiest tiny town in the middle of nowhere surrounded by three toothless rednecks and that's it and you can google something and you'll have access to things happening across the world that remind you that not everything is your shitty tiny town with three toothless rednecks where you can learn uh, whatever you want on youtube from some of the best people in the world where you can uh, you know where you can really create a gig for yourself that's cool within the confines on your home, just thanks to an internet connection
1: but those hopes were there back in the 80s. People were still making their way to New York and Hollywood to be in theater and that sort of thing. Yeah, but I
0: mean, just the physical aspect is oh, like you needed to, you know, if there is no. Here's a picture from somebody who's in Maui right now. Beautiful pineapple on Rich's phone. There's something to be said <laughs> so about. I feel better from there. <laughs> yeah, there's something to be said about being able to do things that take you to that place you know oh i speak it okay sorry i'm all over the place no it's
1: okay and you're uh, absolutely correct
0: i have a fun one for you so since our previously recorded episode uh sweet good old savannah went out to singapore under extremely strict covid protocol Uh, they tested her for COVID every single day she was there, she was on full lockdown the entire time had to be in the hotel room, just get out one hour to get some training in and that's it, because she had a fight in one championship
1: How did fight day work? Did they have them held up in different rooms? Yeah, it was
0: super strict which is why Singapore, by the way, has a phenomenal response to COVID they have very few cases and they are doing so the um, but in any case she went, she went to do her fight, fight went well, she did all right, And but here is the funniest thing of all. Because she said that the previous fight, she was mentally, she wasn't there, she was nervous, she was edgy, things got to her head, she wasn't in the right mental space. So she was like, what can I do before the match to get into the right mental space? She went on Instagram on her favorite channel called We, not as in W-E, but W-E-E. Mm-hmm. Wee puppies ah. and then spend their time looking at tiny ridiculous puppies jumping around and doing goofy things. And so as she's walking out of her to the cage, her mindset is puppies, cute cuddly fuzzy creature jumping around and being goofy. And then Khabib, you know, Khabib from UFC, with his very ground and pound heavy style. It's like, okay, I need to pick, I need to do a Khabib. That strategy. Oh, cute puppies. Now I'm relaxed. Khabib, that's the focus. Puppies, happy, light. It could have been
1: dangerous because her opponent looked like a lost puppy she, for many moments. If she had glanced at her the wrong way, there might have been
0: a. She looked though as a. Uh, a lost puppy with atomic waste and grew kind of like, you know, the ants in 1950s (laughs) movie would become like the size of a house. Like, it literally looks like a fight between a hobbit and a giant where Savada is like, a full head shorter than their opponent.
1: Emily says when she grabbed a hold of her, it looked like a koala climbing a tree. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much, right? It's just, just one of the on. things where
0: you're like, and you can see some is with moves that would work on somebody else, but there are like still like about six inches of legs that you didn't count on being there that she can still be balance despite the fact that you're lifting her. It's like, you can't lift her that much because she's, so it's <laughs> She looked like she felt bad about it afterwards. Yeah, I think it's, I an totally interesting, uh, it's an interesting thing from Sav's viewpoint because I think she really enjoyed the competition. She enjoyed that aspect. But she really does not enjoy the it brutality down, of it all. Yeah, yeah it's like there's it's an aspect moment. where it's like... It just I can't like, even
1: imagine her as uh, she's pummeling this Yeah, person. it's
0: like, I want to punch this poor lady in the face. What's this and guy going to call this
1: thing? This yeah. is we got
0: her and and which is kind of but then you know that's what you got to do because the other person is going to knee your no head question through. about it so it's a strange uh, even the response has been weird because I think like Cambodia is so starve for anyone of their own doing anything that Sav winning a fight she's basically a national hero right It's like they are so deprived of any kind of role model of anything you know anybody that's doing something on an international stage on any level that winning a fighting one is huge so there's like non-stop uh, cambodian accounts following there and commenting and doing this and that and and it's sweet but then you think about it and it's like what is this for? Okay, you you're good, you know, you stepped up, you did tough things, but really at the end of the day it's because you punched some poor Korean lady in the face. You haven't cured cancer, you haven't found the way to bring world peace, you haven't solved poverty you know, you haven't done
1: yeah, but they're team one for one little time and that's Exactly, possible. exactly. It's so
0: there cool. is that where I think is uh from sub viewpoint is like, yeah, it would be nice if I could cure cancer or solve uh later, anger surely. or all that. But I can't. What I can do is I'm good at this, I can do this, and but it's a strange, strange thing. You know, it's like I always those are when it comes to MMA those are the people I actually care the most and like the most or the ones who are clearly odd people in that game who are the best example is GSP you know Georges St-Pierre was probably if not the best MMA guy ever is in the top 3 and clearly is not that person at all right he's happens to have a set of skills he's yeah pretty much he's a sweet guy who is just uh afraid most mma guys are like fearless i go i do it i I end up in a bloody heap very mellow very sweet kind of over like he looks his face, his expression, everything—he has this kind of almost geeky demeanor. Very, and then he's a beast, and that is fantastic at it. But at the same time, you can tell that he's an odd fit in there. You know that, uh, and there are a few of these that, to me, are just—how did you end up in flip this? Flip the you switches know? What, on when uh, it's time
1: and flip them back off.
0: Somebody you was have to telling me,
1: nine all the time." Yeah, exactly.
0: It's gotta be nice. Daryl Cooper was telling me, it's so funny because, uh, you, know, you know, I'll be visiting and Savannah gets shy just talking to me. And then I'm remembering this is the same person who is uh, fighting in a cage, <laughs> flying across the globe <laughs> and doing that. And she's like, she can get shy in a conversation, but she can get so intense in a context that scared the hell out of most people hell yeah, and be just fine. Talk about the weirdness of human beings, right? It's, we
1: are a weird lot. We don't seem to care much for each other.
0: Yeah, and that's where I think it's in. That's also another thing that, like, she didn't do anything spectacular at the end, in terms of like anything major, but just the fact that she was super sweet to her opponent and. You know, the second she was done.
1: in the fence, oh, No, she just me. had this
0: big smile and uh and you can see that the co- there are three commentators on the one broadcast. Uh Rich Franklin was clearly not a fan. He was kind of like, Oh, I haven't seen enough. I need more aggression. Blah, blah, blah. At the end, he was like, Okay, okay, you know, she was patient. Before he was like, This is kind of like not enough. Then she was like, She was patient, and she found their stuff, she did a great job but he was not a fan the other two guys you can clearly tell that they are looking at her like a big puppy because they are like it's always great to see her oh look at that big you know they talk about her in a way that they don't talk about anybody else like that you know because there's a different energy to it that clearly is uh, endearing to them and uh, it was pretty funny different energy yeah you can definitely say that
1: I have something from left field. Do tell. Godfather 1 versus Godfather 2. Yes. Do you have an opinion?
0: Yes, of course.
1: I had an opinion for a long time. Tell me yours. I had been listening. There's a podcast called The Cinephiles, and they just go over old movies. And they've Mm -hmm. been at this years, but they finally got to The Godfather.
0: Right. I love The Godfather. Yep.
1: And I had the opinion that 2 was better. Mm Mm-hmm. But... After listening to that podcast, G and I did the whole five and a half hours, one and two, back to back. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. One is better. Yeah. I
0: mean, that's a given. That's There's so uh, many people
1: think two is better.
0: Serious? Yeah. yeah.
1: No. I don't even understand how. No, fuck
0: that. There's no it's way. It's good. It's really it's good. good. It's very good. It's very good. I think like one of the issues is um, just character development. That they do a great job into character development, oh, but the yeah. reality is that the one that you uh, enjoy is uh, the old guy, is Don Vito Corleone. He's yep. and even in fact when they go back in time and they have Robert De Niro playing, yep. he's still fantastic. Yeah, you know, so it's not just Marlon Brando acting; He's the character. He's a phenomenal Especially character. By
1: the time he's got it up and running, and he's got that nice goatee
0: going, and oh, yeah, and. And why is it? Because he's a badass, he's a gangster, but he's a sweet gangster. So it's this exception to the rule where gangsters are shitty people. Yep. He's instead this sweet, semi-honorable person, and so you you sympathize because he has that badass side that's attractive, but at the same time, with he's a heart. He's the people. Perfect, Michael, Clearly, not Michael, so much. not so much. <laughs> you know. And that's the, th- that's the other thing is, we thought
1: is uh, when it comes to Kay. Yeah. I don't think he ever loved her. Right. He loved Apollonia. Remind me. Oh, the, the girlfriend that got blown up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And once that happened, yes. he was lost.
0: Yes, there's that for sure. Um, but, but yeah, that's the problem, that the character is very well developed. He's a great character. No. But he's not exactly one that you want to relate to, no. you know. So it's a much sadder story, you know. Whereas the well, Don Vito the one is a family dropped, yeah. and stuff is
1: dropped dead in a heart attack. Ma- nice way to finish.
0: Yeah, Michael is a sad story of somebody who's uh, this, never wanted it. Nope, is this amazing at handling power, but managed to with no emotion, which managed to alienate anyone close to him. There's no feeling. There's no emotion. There's nothing there. There's that sense of, uh, and so of course, story wise is a great story, but it's a much less, it's not one that you want to get into as much because you're not invested in the character in the same way. You know, you don't get, and that goes to my theory that I think that creating characters that people relate to, to one degree or another. Is so important and not just relate to like, oh, that's fascinating, but relate to like you care for that person, you're interested in that person, you sympathize with that person. I think it's important. I think, like, you know, every once in a while you watch a movie that's more disturbing where the main character sucks, but it's fascinating. Every once in a while, not as a regular thing. As a regular thing, you want something to to make yours
1: and what more scrunches than Vito, who definitely does bad things but i think at the end of the day he thinks he's doing by right by those who he's there to protect yep oh i love how they have the this pop singer come along that is clearly sinatra and apparently those stories were all real too right just so great and the
0: wedding yep
1: how gorgeous is that
0: now that whole movie is Fantastic. And that um, opening
1: scene yeah. is like 26 minutes. Yeah, but by the time you're done, everybody's in place. You know who everybody is.
0: You know Sonny's a
1: lying cheater.
0: I tried to show it to his. She wasn't into it. It's that one may young. be a little too early. She was like, eh, I like a few scenes here and there, but maybe it's too slow. Too. I'm sure it would mm. seem slow. Yeah. But, but it doesn't seem slow
1: you're a big fan. Yeah. I love America. Yeah. No, it was. I love so The Godfather. Great.
0: Definitely, that's. Uh,
1: Did you know he had a fight to get Marlon Brando, but they were talking about Danny Kaye, or Ernest Borgnine as Vito.
0: What the hell? I don't even know. I don't really remember. These guys st-
1: just wouldn't have done it. Yeah, it could not have possibly been the same. No, I mean, and the fact he was forty-seven when he was playing The Godfather, like he was only thirteen Jesus. years older than Michael.
0: That's crazy. It is crazy, but they uh, yeah he they make him look like he's three hundred and two.
1: Yeah, no, cutting that's... in his jaw. Anyway, and even when they go so back nice. in
0: time and they have uh, De Niro playing him, it's so good.
1: It's... That's the best part. Yeah. I love that part. But then that big, there's like a giant gap before he finally goes back and gets the old Don that killed his family, which is so satisfying.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's uh it's a phenomenal.
1: There's nothing on that level. Yeah. I've still never watched three.
0: I think I tried watching it, and I don't even remember anything. It was kind of like... It's just
1: a big scene. They pull me back in, and we've all you seen You know, it.
0: poor Coppola was... Um, he didn't want to do it. And he owed money to the... Um, if I remember correctly, the story. Basically, he was forced contractually to do it. And you can clearly tell that he's doing it with his left pinky, and he just doesn't care. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a... It's, he wasn't a great movie. Let's put it that way. <sighs> is, uh, but yeah, one and two are phenomenal and you know, I tried um, on that note, I tried watching and I watched it and I even enjoyed it to some degree like I watched The Sopranos mm-hmm. and they were great episodes but the vibe I did not enjoy like there was way too much yelling and screaming and angry and yelling and screaming and angry and yelling. it's like Jesus Christ Give me anxiety, you know what I mean? It's like I'm watching it and I'm like, why am I watching it again? I mean, it's a good show, but Jesus, man, it's a little. I don't want to say depressing. No, oh, but
1: it's totally depressing because you kind of always knew where it was going to end up from the very beginning. Anyway, how yeah, could it not? you
0: are just like, like,
1: like moments when, like Paul and Christopher, like when they're trapped in the van, starving to death, and someone's got a relish packet. Is that fucking relish? Just
0: fascinating and fantastic. No, it's and great.
1: A, you know, there's a prequel movie coming. Is there his son?
0: I mean, knows, Gandolfini's yeah. son,
1: who looks exactly like him, plays so uh, be that's young, awesome. Young him, it should be fun. Hopefully. That could be interesting because, oh, yeah, be the terrible. show
0: I felt that it was too, it was a great show, super well written, yeah. great characters, just too damn angry. Like, I didn't want to hear feel that anger all the time. And again, I'm the one who watched The Punisher and gets so all happy, so I'm not <laughs> like all these day movies, but it was just. I don't want to hear people screaming at each other all the time, every single episode. It's just like, Jesus.
1: Have you guys checked out The Queen's Gambit? I have not. I know everybody's raving about it. Yeah. It's really a nice thing. I think more than anything, not giving give anything away. She starts in an orphanage, and it looks like the worst possible thing's about to happen to her. She goes down into the basement where the creepy janitor guy is. And all he wants to do is teach her how to play
0: chess. <laughs> so, awesome. Like, so, But there's, like, the right. first few episodes, I yeah. always
1: like, oh, now here comes the sleazy yeah. boyfriend. Oh, we know this is going to go bad. Or she gets adopted. Right. And the stepfather's all freaked. It's like, oh, here it comes. But it doesn't. That's awesome. We're so set to expect the worst. Yeah, pretty much. That when things go somebody's way, it's almost shocking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Um... It's, it's it's really well done. Yeah, that's I have, yeah, I've heard a lot about it. I hear that it's great, but I have not um I have not checked it. I, I don't really check out a lot of shows to be honest. Um fairly minimal, but but I hear that it's great. So that could be something to know. One of the few things I watch lately, I watch a documentary mm-hmm. called The Eagle Huntress. And it's a documentary about this young girl in um She's Mongolian, but I think she's in Kazakhstan. I can't, re- in any case. Um, this sounds familiar. Eastern steppe kind of environment. And, uh, you know, typically eagle hunting is a male thing. Like they go, and by eagle hunting, I mean like they adopt an eagle, they raise the eagle, and they use the eagle to go out hunt prey, right? Kind of like falconry, right? So go grab a
1: fish out of the river for you or... Yeah,
0: or... Some rodent? <laughs> pretty much. That's the idea. And um, and the thing is, you know, they hype it a little bit. Like, they, the reality is that there actually are a few female eagle hunters. They make it sound like she was the first or the only. Not exactly true, but, you know, overall not that inaccurate either. But it's so cool to watch. Like, the... The family is great. The relationship between the dad and the daughter is fantastic. The relationship between the daughter and the eagle is fantastic. The even the other girls at school, when they chat, they are not. They are all super supportive of her. They are all really nice with her, and she's. They are very affectionate with one another. It's just a sweet it's a documentary. story. So yeah, it's, it's a documentary. It's all wow. real stuff.
1: Is the eagle footage pretty
0: amazing? It's really amazing, and you know I'm. I'm from the Stone Age, so there's a bunch of stuff that on Netflix you cannot get streaming, and I don't think you can get this streaming, on Netflix at least, but I'm still on the DVD plan where you can get the DVD in the mail and... They still show up. The advantage of that is that, yeah, you have access to so much stuff that does not exist on Netflix otherwise that is pretty sweet. So you get to watch things that otherwise you not have access and... uh so yeah i watched it on dvd but it was great
1: it's funny we watched the godfather on dvd because we just had him yeah and it was a surprising difference like those dvds from 15 years ago don't look as nice as this 4k stuff does now right
0: of course but
1: somehow we managed to rise above yeah enjoy the film yeah
0: i love the godfather that's just such a archetypal it's funny everybody like you would be hard-pressed to find too many people who hated the movie it's uh, it's a really, really, really... Like, they hit it to perfection. Yeah.
1: And even though there is violence, it's not on the scale that they expose us to in shows these days. No,
0: no. And the violence, I'm ambiguous about it because on one end, yeah, I don't think it's the healthiest thing yet. Then you end up like me, dreaming of medieval battle with access all the time. <laughs> At the same time, to me, The violence is not the most disturbing part. Like, I'm disturbed by the twisted, sad, depressing shit. And the terrible
1: choices they have to make?
0: Yeah, to me, Game of Thrones, for example, like, despite the fact that it was written, save for the last season, but it was written super well, and it was a great show, there was many moments in Game of Thrones where I'm like, do I really want to keep watching this because it was just so fucking depressing that it's like... Ugh, you know, like I don't mind like the violence of Game of Thrones I could live with. Is the you know little girl getting burned to death by her father as a sacrifice I find a little more. It's heavy, isn't it? Yeah, it's, and and not once you know they have moments like that every other minute, and so you're like. So I tend to be more disturbed by that than like when I watch, uh, I really can't recommend enough if you guys have even like, I don't dig superhero movies for the most part, but like the Punisher, the TV series, oh. you know, they made a bunch of movies. not those, the TV series they've done on Netflix. There's a couple of seasons. It's so well done. It's so insanely well done. Yeah. That actor's really good at it too. He's amazing. And you know, is I thought you were gonna say Logan. Do you like that Logan one? is fantastic. For That's me. the best
1: one of them yeah, all, I
0: think. exactly. To me, in fact, the superhero stuff, design? like, the only ones are Logan yep. and the Punisher. And when you look at them, they are not that different of a story. Nope. I don't want to say he's the same character, but pretty damn close. And it's, you know, violent hell. He's super ultra mega violent. Yeah. But somehow it doesn't bother me. <laughs> you know, like that that's part is smashing the
1: smashing the wall with the with the sledgehammer. Yeah, yeah. That's that's Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: that's yeah. fun. No, it's um so it's interesting because yeah, it's less the violence that bothers me, it's more the emotional context that may bother me, depending on how they play it. You know, to me like the violence in the Punisher seems fitting. There are other cases where I feel like, ugh, that's ugly. That's just nasty, ugly and sad. And that's where I'm like, I want a little less of that in my life. Like Isabella was making fun of me because, you know, right now I can't write because I'm back to try to crank out history on fire episodes like crazy. But during December, I'd carve myself some time to work on a novel and I started a Caravaggio novel. And it's heavy as fuck. Okay. Like the beginning, especially it's not a Disney story, right? Yet. Yet
1: wait till he meets his little magical goldfish friend and they (laughs) Yeah and they sing sing sing, sing, by the uh,
0: Let's
1: go fishing and then we'll cut heads off in a painting.
0: More or less. (laughs) But you know what I mean? It's it's fitting and also it's not depressing, it's sad, it's heavy, it's there's tragedy, but there's also redemption, there's also an upswing, there's also beauty, there's also heroism. That I can live with, you know what I mean? Because I don't want just the Disney fuzzy creature. I mean, I like the fuzzy creatures of the forest to be in a good mood, so once in a while. But I don't. I'm not saying that you need to banish all tragedy from, uh, from movies or books or anything. But it's a I, novel,
1: right? So you're gonna play with it. Yeah. But I don't I want to reality. It. I mean, the Pope is still gonna be his friend and things like that. right?
0: Yeah, it's I don't want it to be. That? Yeah, no, that's a crazy story. And in fact, and you know, and I'm, but I'm running wild with it. Right. So I keep the history that we have, but I also make up a lot of stuff where I'm creating my own character with it. You know, it's not Caravaggio, it's my Caravaggio, you know.
1: So do you want to do Netflix series? Or do you want to do the movie?
0: Right? It's like man, Netflix that would be Netflix su- series might be
1: more fun, but man, the movie would be
0: beautiful. That would be such a great show, like, but um,
1: 110 minutes of just.
0: But yeah, he was laughing at me because she's like, you know, at some time when I was saying these things about you know harsh things, you know, it's too depressing this thing or this movie, and she's like, says the guy who just did this and this and that in uh, his novel, and I'm like, yeah. But she was like, no, but I know what you mean. You know, their stuff is kind of depressing and sad and makes you feel shitty about humanity. Yours is tragic, but as an upswing, so it's a different kind of story. He's, by the way, is a phenomenal feedback giver on writing. Like I've done things where I spent the whole day stuck on something. I spent probably 24 hours, from the day before I was just stuck on a thing and finally like, why are you so stuck? And I'm like, ah, because I don't know how to go from point A to point B. It's kind of hard. It sounds repetitive, da-da-da. And she comes up and says, why don't you do this? And I'm like, oh shit, that's perfect. How did I not think of this? And I'm just like, wow, that was impressive. You just saved me a ton of time, energy, and blood, sweat, and tears with just I was like, fuck
1: you're smart. When the muse stops by, it's good to listen to it.
0: Yep. That was uh so she's uh she's an excellent feedback giver. That's our sweet my man. I would say let's go enjoy this sun while we have it with no rain and no wind today. Yeah. Let's do that. Everybody,
1: be well. We'll figure it out at some point.
0: <laughs> have a great one.
1: Well, the funky music means one thing. That's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Towers podcast. That was just just rolled out, man. Yeah. There's no editing there. Just no a good listen to I'm make sure good. there's no nasty clackety sounds like that last disaster.
0: That was rough. Sorry, guys, for the last episode that we were trying to zoom out and it did not work very well. But hopefully this one sounds better and does not offend your ears. Yeah. Um I don't think we got anything left to go into other than wishing everybody a wonderful day.
1: Bye, everybody. Switch. D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. Good shit. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dows podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Daniele at Bolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1, R I -I one R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo!
0: I don't want to hear this. No, you don't.
1: In questo caso, in questo
0: caso, la providenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, huh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs>
1: this was great it's fucking awesome and i love this character.
0: i have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange we've been yeah, having a great hour that's... here
1: Dun,
0: i completely got lost are we doing the outro or the intro We're, we're outro. out? oh we're outro. okay sorry so that's <laughs> So let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and... uh, Uh, Your accent, it just... Whatever that movie is you were trying to tell me about. Can you translate for me, please? I believe the word was Tombstone. Yeah, that one, (laughs) exactly. Just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. (laughs) (laughs) Now, most everybody thought... (coughs) Sorry. We'll (coughs) We'll do a cut on there.
1: Or not. That was something else.
0: (laughs) No, that's maybe too powerful. What do I have to do? One day the road shall teach you.
1: Get back to work. Funky. Podcasting. It's like radio, but you can cuss. I'm 50 now. Can you fucking believe that? <laughs> 50. I was melancholy about it for like a good month. Like, uh. But I think I was more worried about dying at 49.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so making it to 50. Making the to is uh... like,
1: fuck it. I think Louis CK may be a monster, but he had a great line. No one get there's no candlelight vigils for somebody over 50. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he had his chance. Why?